Hello and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companion today is the Japanese house who makes blissful synthesizer guitar vocal pop with personal melancholic lyrics, who was in Japan for live shows in January 2024. The conversation took place backstage at Club Quattro Shibuya in Tokyo and was first broadcast across Japan on my Inter FM radio show. Enjoy the journey! It is wonderful to welcome on board the Japanese house. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying being in Tokyo. Just walked around with my bandmate for a couple of hours, which was nice. Cool. Can't tell you where I went, but <laughs> it was fun. Well, here we are backstage, Shibuya Club Quattro, right in the thick of Shibuya. A couple of hours before your show, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I've done so many shows recently that I haven't even kind of acknowledged that I'm playing a show tonight, but. Yeah, it's exciting. It's always, but it's always kind of like almost jarring playing shows in Japan because the audience is so different, so m- much more polite than the UK. Like no one's talking between the songs; <laughs> everyone's just looking at you. So it kind of feels more daunting in that respect. But yeah, yeah, I've, I've always had mixed responses from people, international artists that come to Japan. Some say, "Oh my god, the Japanese are so quiet. I don't know if they like my music." But then other people say, "We love it because they're respecting." music yeah I think if anyone didn't like it that you wouldn't know because <laughs> everyone's so polite but, but yeah. or they just walk out <laughs> yeah actually that's true but yeah it feels like a much more like intimate experience I guess because everyone's sort of so much more engaged mm. and actually I've even found that in between songs like people wait till the music's completely stopped to play mm. but there is no stopping in my music there's like segues between each of the tracks right, so right, right. sometimes I have to like be like the song's over <laughs> people to clap and it's so cool like Seeing people sing along mm. is kind of crazy.、Mm. Like, it's so strange but amazing for me. I do love the way you seg the songs and the live show all together, threads together like that. And being a DJ, I love that sense of just going on the journey and the music doesn't stop. Yeah, I, I feel I hate moments of awkward silence on、mm. stage. I just prefer it to just like flow as one whole thing. And also, like I don't really like talking on stage that much,、oh. which is great. For here, because I can't actually speak any Japanese, really. So, <laughs> I mean, really, I can't speak any. So it's kind of perfect. I can just sail through the songs. <laughs> Speaking of talking, do you say everything you want through your music, or are there other things you do? You use it as a platform, or are there other things you want to say to the world? I definitely don't use it as a platform in terms of like my political beliefs or anything like that. I, naturally, it doesn't occur to me to write about like. Politics in music—it's much more like insular thoughts about like relationships and what's happening in my like personal life. So in that respect, no. I don't know. I have—I always have like a really like conflicting opinion about whether artists should use that should use should be the operative word use their platform to speak about political beliefs because sometimes I basically think it's fine if people do want to do that, but I don't think there should necessarily be like a duty. Because I feel like maybe being an artist, like one of the best things about that is, in your audience, you might have people that have really opposing beliefs, but they're coming together through this one thing. So to divide an audience, and, yeah, I have lots of other opinions and stuff that's not in, covered in my music.、Mm. But yeah, <laughs> and then equally, how do you want the audience to feel? Do you think about the audience when you're making music? What do you want them to be feeling when listening to your music? I don't think about the audience at all.、Mm. Like I actually don't care like, when I'm making the music. It's completely a, in the moment. It doesn't even really feel like me making the decisions when I'm like writing a song. So I'm definitely not sitting down and being like, "Oh, I want the listener to feel like this," because like it's such a personal thing that I'm not going to base it on what anyone else wants. I'm just going to do what I think sounds the best and what I want to make it. It is really a selfish endeavor in that respect. 
But I think that's what makes it kind of art and not people pleasing. Mm. Like that's kind of what the difference is between like making something of artistic value and then something that like a poster art you find in like a <laughs> I don't know. Well, Stephen Fry made a great comment, an ideal comment when he said celebrities want to be loved or need to be loved, artists don't care. Mm, yeah, I guess that's the one way of looking at it. I mean, I definitely care about, like, if people like it after the fact, but also, like, actually, I don't really care that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is you've got a, a full house of people who do yeah. care, so... Yeah, so, I mean, I, I care in the sense that when people do, I'm, I'm very grateful that they do, but if mm. someone hates my music, I'm not, like, going to kill myself. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> but I definitely don't take that into account when I'm making music like if I really love something I'll release it Hmm. I've released things before that I didn't really like and I hated that feeling I'll never do it again Hmm. I read that perhaps your father might be the answer to this question but I always ask people was there a person or an event that got you on your musical journey yeah it was mainly my dad he was the one that got me obsessed with playing guitar and writing songs but then I actually think one of the main things was when I got chosen to be the head of my nativity when I was in year two oh. but we did Barney the Mouse which is a really weird like nativity about a mouse chewing the keys of an organ and when I got like the approval of a teacher being like we want you to be the lead role I was like what why me and they were like because you're really good at singing and I was like what and then because someone told me I was good at singing I thought I was good at singing which I probably wasn't at the time but <laughs> then I just like got obsessed with making music and writing songs and mm. performing I guess mm-hmm. yeah, do you love performing do you love the live shows sometimes I do and sometimes I really don't it's not necessarily something that I want to naturally do all the time I really have to like get myself into it I'm not like nervous but I watched that film Maestro recently have you seen it yes yeah I loved it me too I I thought it was great and you know when he's saying that there's a side of to be so extroverted his performance side and then when you're writing you have to be so introverted and insular like and when those two people exist at the same time, you go insane. I really do associate with that. Like, I just feel like the person I have to sort of become in order to cope with performing every night is a very different person to that of when I'm writing. And I prefer, I think, being the writing one. Hmm. I don't know if it's healthy, actually, to be performing all the time. I think it's probably really bad for you. Hmm. It's, like, fun to do in small doses. Like, this, for example, is doing three shows... But, like, when we do, like, 40 shows in a row, by the end of it, I'm, I don't, I'm not present. Yeah, I do like it, but I prefer the writing for sure. And also that's just the most important part. Like, mm. there is, like, a different artistry and performance, and I just prefer it being more about the music. Mm. I always speak with people about the power of music. You make the music and the soundtrack to our lives. How about for you? Do you immerse yourself in music, either making it, writing it, or just listening to it, in, in great or terrible moments in your life? I actually... Through really bad moments in my life, I struggle to listen to anything at all. It's the same thing I get with it where I can't, like, read a poem. Like, I can't even, like, go there in my brain. I go through phases, basically, of listening to loads of music and feel, feeling really inspired and then, like, only listening to my own music and feeling inspired by that and then not listening to anything. Hmm. And, like, if I'm in a place where I'm not feeling very creative, then I don't really like listening to music because it almost, like, hurts. Because it's like, I can't make that right now. It's like almost like a, it's almost, when I love something, it almost is similar to a feeling of jealousy. Mm. When I really love a song, I'm like, ow, fuck, I wish I <laughs> made that up. But then I, I love that feeling at the same time. So when I'm feeling really like sad or not creative, that feeling is like too much for me mm. to, to bear. Mm. So yeah. It's interesting you mentioned about feeling jealous about music and as a radio broadcaster I don't make music at all but at home I listen to music that's nothing to do with my radio show at all because I need Mm -hmm. to have that complete separate world from 
from this. So yeah. I, I wonder as a musician whether you might listen to music that's completely unrelated to what you make is, is where you can immerse yourself in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, at the moment I'm obsessed with, like, Celtic folk music. Also, actually, at home I listen to a radio station. I live in Detroit and I listen to a station called New Country Detroit and it's just, like, <laughs> really poppy American country music and I'm obsessed with it. Like, I cannot get away from it. I just want to listen to it all day. I actually listen to, like... Bulgarian choral music quite a lot because I went to Bulgaria oh I've gone a few times snowboarding and I just absolutely love the choral music of Bulgaria (laughs) so yeah I listen to like quite a weird range of stuff and then like really dancey stuff as well the radio station our catchphrase is find your colours it's about diversity gender it's about people finding their colour living their life you've been open about things you've gone through in your life difficult stages in your life if someone listening right now is having a a tough time or trying to find their colour what would you say that's quite a hard one I don't know I feel like for me as soon as I just accepted myself rather than trying to decide like with gender or with sexuality like trying to decide which little box I fit into just be like okay I actually don't know and I don't care kind of same thing as we were talking about earlier like making music to be the truest representation of yourself you just kind of have to be like it is what it is I actually don't care if people hate it it's hard to actually give advice on that because obviously it's so singular Mm. to the person but I'd say along the lines of just like accepting the exact thing random thing that you happen to be Mm. and not trying to force yourself into a different mould. Or I wonder what your survival instinct is. I think I'm quite lucky that I'm quite different. I like like it now. The ways in which I'm different, I think it's kind of cool. Like, I actually, like, like myself quite a lot, and that's the thing that's definitely helped the most with, like, self-acceptance, is just, like, learning to, to like yourself, which obviously sounds really easier said than done, but doing things that, that make you like yourself rather than destructive things that maybe suppress parts of yourself. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> Bravo. I probably have to ask you a really corny question about the Japanese house. In fact, when you, yeah. when you, when you debuted, I thought it might have been a reference to Japanese house music. You've probably said it a hundred times. It's about a, possibly a house you had a holiday in or a tea house. Are you going to visit any Japanese houses while you're here? <laughs> I hope so. It's to do with gender, my name. It's like there was this holiday I went on when I was five where I was planning to be a boy. And the next door neighbour was a girl and she thought I was a boy. And we sort of had this sweet little child holiday romance and then I remember like driving away waving at her and she was just like crying and it was just quite like a sad little story and I thought it would be a really lovely film and I was talking to my mum about it and she was like oh that house was called the Japanese house and I was like that sounds like a I don't know it just has like a nice ring to it sounds like that's what I would call the film and I didn't want to use my own name as a band name I wanted to use like a, a film title like Monica kind of thing but yeah, now people think that I make Japanese house music, but <laughs> right. I'm very far from it. <laughs> well, here you are in Japan. Is there something about Japan that you love, that you'd love to share with the world, that maybe they don't know about? Oh, my God, there's so many things I love about it. I mean, also, I feel like that I'm always stressed when I'm here because I can't do enough things. I'm just, and then I get decision paralysis. I love, like, Japanese furniture. Oh. I absolutely love Japanese food. I'm actually obsessed with it. That's what I also stress out about because I'm like, what if I don't go to the best place? Or like, um, you can always come back. There's plenty more. Yeah, so. that's true. I'm trying to think of something very specific, but I just love like really minimal Japanese furniture. I actually love simple, minimal. Like my house has nothing in it, mm. nothing, because I can't actually. If I had stuff in it, I'd just be really messy. So I have to like. It looks like it's absolutely empty. It looks like no one lives there. <laughs> so yeah, I think I like the kind of minimal, modern Japanese design. We're leaving Japan. You can have your passport, credit card, and a mobile device. Is there one thing in your life you must have as well? If it can't be a loved one, it'll be my little dog. Oh, you've got a dog? Yeah, Joni. 
I've got two really, but one of them's back in England, one of them's in America. Oh. Probably my little dog, Joni, yeah. she's my heart and soul. And finally, you can go on a journey and have a travel companion and a conversation with anyone, anyone from history or anyone alive today. Is there someone you'd love to have a chat with? Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Yeah. My dog's called Joni after Joni Mitchell. Two Jonies. What would you love to speak with or ask Joni Mitchell about? I actually don't have no idea. Just (laughs) hang out with her a bit. (laughs) Although I don't know, actually. I actually just said that because it's an easy answer because she's a, an inspiration of mine but actually I think that whole thing of like wanting to hang out with your favourite musician is kind of it would never be what you want it to be mm. I don't really get that thing of being like oh I really want to hang out with that person I just want to listen to their music so I'm trying to think mm. of someone that I'd actually like to talk to about something I'd absolutely love to talk to my dog if she can <laughs> if she can answer back yeah that would be my pick yeah, <laughs> I would really love to see what she's actually thinking <laughs> I think you can go to dog communicators people can in- interpret for you perhaps yeah <laughs> Well, enjoy your conversation. I have today the Japanese house. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks. And thank you for joining us today. For more interviews and information, please go to guyperryman.com. <laughs>